And uh, I've been down in Mexico my whole life, all right? I speak several languages. Before that, I was an oil field worker here in the U.S., made lots of money, enjoyed doing what I wanted to do, and that was it. Then the Holy Ghost got a hold of me. Things changed. Yeah. I want to tell you that uh, I was disappointed with the church. Okay, I'm going to say some pretty sharp <laughs> statements in a few minutes. I'm going to do my best to discover who you really are, where you really are at, and what you're really looking for. Because personally, listen to me. My parents taught the Bible. They're good people. I love both of them. I'll just spend a good in and out preaching down in Louisiana and Arkansas, Mississippi, Texas, and out of my mama's house. And uh, I love her. Dearly, I don't get to see her very often. She's a blessing. And they didn't teach me theology. They taught me Bible. And there's a difference. Amen. Because theology is men's opinion of the Bible. That's right. And men's law. Well, they taught me just straight Bible and the stories and different things about it. Before I could actually read, I could quote you all the stories in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And I was really interested in wondering what the power of God was. Jesus, what? Isn't that something? And then I started, when I woke up, I was a kid, and when I woke up in adolescence, I started noticing that there was a bunch of hypocrites. And that irritated me. And I blamed it on the church. So I went away from the church. And I blamed the church on God, so I didn't want nothing to do with anything. Disappointed my parents, my wife, I married her because she was not born again. Nobody in her family was that I knew of. <laughs> you, know, you take that like a joke, but that's exactly the truth. I don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Then I come in from work one afternoon, and that woman right there had been watching, I guess it was pretty late at night when I come in, and she'd been watching Billy Graham on the crusade. That, that got herself born again right there in my house. <laughs> that really made me mad. So we had a pretty hard year. It got a little bit tough. She got locked out of the house lots when she went to church. Persecuted. I know I knew how to persecute the church because I knew how they did it in the Bible, so that's what I did. And then that great Holy Ghost came and got me and things started changing. And then we started together. I started teaching her the Bible. And then together we started seeking God. And I want to I just share with you because uh, there's so many great miracles. <laughs> I want you to turn um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And while you're doing that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish giving you my resume. That's what y'all like to hear. Okay, it's hot. When I went to Mexico, uh, I got confronted out in out the woods where black magic, warlock, witch doctors, and powers that I thought was really uh, just for the television or uh, scare the kids with. I had no, I had no confrontational experience in my life with uh, fighting the powers of darkness. Uh, but whenever I confronted them out, out in the out in the jungle, I didn't have any uh, 
I lost. I got whipped. They beat me up pretty easy. I had, I had only one choice. That was either to learn how to seek God, to beat them, or go home, get back in the workforce, and rise as high as I could in my company and make as much money as I could. So we talked it over, my wife and I. And we decided to study the Bible and to allow the great Holy Ghost to teach us, and he started doing that. So for four years, I fasted and prayed heavily for God to raise the dead. All right? Now, I'm explaining some stuff to you because most of you I don't know. I know a few of you. I recognize a few faces, but not very many. Uh, and so I want to explain to you why I am the way I am going to be in just a few minutes. Because the calmness is fixing to stop. And I'm fixing to go aggressive on it. I already am. I can feel it. I'm on fire. I'm burning. I can stop right now and actually get just about the same result. I'm burning with the Holy Ghost. And that's a good thing. It's good for you. Holy Ghost. Uh, I chose, I went through the Bible and I chose, I put all this stuff in categories. Uh, I put all the men of God that are in the Bible on a piece of paper in a notebook. I put all their prayers on a piece of paper. I put all the miracles they did on a piece of paper. From Genesis straight through to Revelation. And I studied these guys. How come every generation has a person that will seek God and every time he gives them the power. You sit there, you can quote the Bible. You may know more about the verses than I do. You look prettier. You have the right bumper stickers. You have the right... You know when to raise your hands. You know when... You speak gospel. But it's not about speaking gospel. I speak a lots of languages. I speak fluent Spanish. That don't make me a Mexicano. I speak French. That don't make me a French man. I can speak German. That don't make me a German. I speak Aztec. That don't make me an Aztec Indian. You speak gospel. And that don't make you powerful. Yeah. That comes from the blood of Jesus. That comes from the anointing. Not from what you can learn and pick up from somebody else. You're nothing more than another religious person. And I've got to change that. You've got to take that religion. You've got to let that get into your spirit. You've got to let it come on fire with the Holy Ghost. I chose raising the dead. I now know that it was God, of course, leading me. But I was so irritated and agitated at the church because of lack of caring enough for souls. Yep. 
It's easy to make money. It's hard to raise the dead. Amen. Now watch this. It's easy for me to raise money, make money of, uh, in any area just about now. I've figured it out now. <coughs> but that's not what I do. For me, it's easy to teach people how to raise the dead. Because I learned how. I went to heaven and I asked him. And he gave it to me. But it didn't come without, without failure. Very first time uh, that I got around a dead person, uh, uh, was a little boy down the river a long time ago when I was first in Mexico. And I was asking God to let me raise the dead. Monsoon rains came. The river swollen. This fellow fell in. He was one of the little boys I was teaching. Teaching them how to, of being a good friend to them. I didn't have any churches, so there wasn't no work I had to do. You didn't even think about that. I went down there to go to work for Jesus, and there wasn't anything to do. Because all I knew was out of church. But God taught him. Things changed. When I was in that water, there were four of us sitting there, and there was over a thousand people in the bank. Everybody on the bank was telling us four people what to do. So let me give you some advice about me personally. Keep your opinion to yourself. You ain't going to get in the water. You ain't going to suffer the cold. You ain't going to suffer the current. You ain't going to suffer what's our name, Molino? Uh, whirlpools. Don't tell me how to do it. Okay? I, I actually found that kid. He'd been down there an hour. About 45 minutes to an hour. I had to break him out of those uh, willow trees. And they wrapped around me. I had cuts all over my body, too. They tried to hold me, too. Pulled him out. Got on the bank. God spoke to me to raise that boy from the dead. Hallelujah. The very first time. When I'm talking about failure. Because a guy like myself comes around and starts talking these great miracles. I'm fixing to start talking in a minute. And you demand something out of me that's not mine. I can't get it. It's God. <laughs> I walked up that bank, had my flippers and mask and all that. I looked at that little dead boy who was one of the guys that I was trying to get born again. And God spoke to me to raise him from the dead. Pray for him. I will raise him from the dead. But let me tell you, I was a coward. I didn't act like a coward. And in situations, I was aggressive. It didn't seem like a coward. But when it came to confronting all of those people with Jesus... In the anointing of the gospel, I hung my head and walked home and said no to God. I don't know what to tell you about that. That's the worst decision I ever made in my life. Okay? Lots of reasons why. Let's go with the kid first. First of all, 14 to 15 years old, he will burn in hell for the rest of his life because I said no to God. Do you hear me? 
got something we want to live with. But I do. It's a failure. It's a mistake. Next, the family. They're crying out to God for mercy. He gave them mercy. He spoke to me. And I didn't give it to them. I'm responsible for that. And I'm sorry for it, but it's not going to change the thing, is it? By the time I got home, I was so bombarded with guilt and condemnation. I had let God down. And had you come up to me beforehand, I would have challenged you dreadfully that I wouldn't do that. But I did. I let myself down. What I was trying to stand for, what I was trying to hold on to and understand and be, let it go. In less than a second, I made a decision to not obey God. I let my wife down, my kids, my family, our ministry, the whole deal. I sat in the chair for three weeks and cried. I can't explain that bad feeling to you very well. But I don't like it. I won't do it again. And right there, you can count. Because when it costs me, it's all right. I'm willing to pay now. My wife came in there, real feisty woman. She got in my face. Not very many people did that. And liked the results of it. You listen to me, David. Yeah, you did make a mistake. But now what you gonna do? This right here ain't acceptable. You get out there and you preach the gospel, you get over it. Are you taking back to Louisiana? You go back to work, make some money. This right here, we're not going to do. And that made me hostile. Here. I mean, it really did. I was mad. I stood up, grabbed me some trash, stuck them in my back pocket, got in my truck, and just drove. I didn't know where I was going. I got myself lost. Got to the end of the road. There was a trail. I got on the trail. There's storming down that trail. Come into a village. People came. I started preaching the gospel to them. Gave them tracks. That helped me get over my mistake. Then a few, a couple of years later, I was in a village. I was a boy, nine years old. Aztec Indian village. Got, in, got to his hut. They carried me to his hut. He'd been dead for five hours. Just about. I walked in there, still don't have any results, still don't have any experience, still don't have any understandings. I still don't know. I still have not seen God do this. But I saw something. It changed my life. Three witch doctors, three spiritists, and they are cursing me, they hate me. You know, that's all right. That's your biggest enemy, fear of man. I personally have gotten over it. You're, you're going to progressively find out. <laughs> that mama holding that little baby. That got me. Sure did. There ain't any hope. There ain't any future. There aren't any hospitals. 
There aren't any lawyers. There ain't somebody we can sue. That's what y'all do. Quick fix on your hurt. It's not money's going to help you. It's only Jesus' going. The mama, I, it was astounding. I mean, this little boy's nine-year-old. It's her son. She laid him down in that dirt on that dirt floor, little hut, stick walls, grass house. She backed up in the corner, whimpering. I grabbed this little kid, started praying for him, and with my very own eyes, okay, what you're fixing to see, what I am, that sets me apart, is not because I'm not an American, or I don't speak a form of English you've heard before, or similar customs. None of those things. I saw that little boy's t-shirt jump. And there's not a living thing he can do to take that away from me. I saw his heart turn back on. I watched his t-shirt bounce. Now that right there is the difference. It wasn't no great fancy preacher there. There wasn't any great message there. There was a horrendous disease that slaughtered that kid. There was witch doctors, black magic, hate, evil of all sorts was abounding. And God ignored it all and broke through and healed that little boy. And I saw it. That right under is what changed my life. <laughs> great Holy Ghost. That great Holy Ghost, I saw it. And then all of a sudden, his, uh, he was real still. He got limber. His skin turned back black. His eyes opened up. They had black eyes. His he looked at me and all the kids there afraid of me for a big white fellow. <laughs> he wasn't afraid. Here's one of the best things you can ever do in your life. Let me just explain something to you. What has probably, as far as I'm concerned, I gathered that little boy up and I brought him to his mama. Because you remember in the Bible, the prophets in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament, Peter, those guys that raised those people from the dead, all of them brought them to the mom. So I brought, that's the only verses that were going through my mind. I didn't know how to do this. There aren't any books. Everybody wants me to write one. And this is what I tell them. Get your information where I did. <laughs> The Bible actually worked. You don't need me in your library. You need Jesus in your spirit. When I handed that baby back to that mama, you listened to me. And she put her arms up. And those tears of loss and dread Turn into tears of joy. 
astounded what God's doing. Everything there is has happened. There's not a part of the body that hasn't been healed or recreated. 100% every organ, every extremity. We can talk about any of them. It don't matter to me. I'm going to read a verse to you first. Is that all right? Holy Ghost. Have five and seven is okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, this here is spiritual gifts. That, uh, that y'all want to know, all of y'all want to know. How many of you, what, which one is yours, Brother Hogan? All of them. Distinguishing certain Christians. 
due to the power of the divine grace operating in their soul by the Holy Spirit. And they vary by the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost remains the same. I got this invitation to go to, uh, actually I was not going to go to Africa. I wouldn't go. Just decided I wasn't going to do it. This I was over there in Siliguri, India. It's on the on the border of China and uh, uh, Bhutan and Nepal in the middle there. If that army goes up, and I was over there, and this bishop flew from Malawi, Africa, to meet me in India. That's a that's a long way. And he came out there, and the only reason he came was to ask me if I'd please come to his nation in Africa. And I thought that was quite, quite an event. So I told him that I'd go. So we set up these conferences in uh, South Africa, in Cape Town, and uh, in uh, Zimbabwe. And then the long way, Malawi. <laughs> Y'all ain't never heard of them places, I know. Maybe Cape Town. <laughs> I have no idea. Y'all, what's going on? I know what's going on where I live, in Central and South America. I've been in all them nations extensively. I know the, the poverty, I know the diseases, I know the plagues, I know what's happening that's been ignored by you, you, you the church. You have the power, you have the resources, and you're letting it go by in your generation. God will give it to somebody else. But not my portion. I want mine. In Jesus' name. But something happened there in South Africa that changed my life. I absolutely was astounded when it happened. I got off the platform. There were several thousand people to pray for. Some of my men were with me. It's in our team. I set them up there. I took three or four rows. They had three or four rows each. And there were thousands of people to pray for. And I'm going down the line. Now I have these bodyguards. Because I'm the wrong color. And because my color really hurt a bunch of people. Just like it has everywhere it's gone. So on my left is a big giant fellow with two, three, fifty, seven magnums. <laughs> For my protection. And that's a, in the prayer line. A seven. It is me. And on my right, there's another fellow almost as big as him. With two, three, fifty seven. Every time I turn in the prayer line, I hit my head on one of the guns. <laughs> but I'm going down through praying. And I come on this lady. Now this, this is what you don't know. Some of you maybe, since we're in a 
institution of learning. <laughs> maybe you have a little bit of knowledge, but maybe you don't. I don't know. I just know what I know. Now what's it? Out of all them people in that line, every third person I met in that prayer line was dying with AIDS. You didn't know that, did you? I didn't know it. I did not know that 30% of the folks over there are dying with AIDS. And, 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 both, and some of them think it's higher than that. All right, now watch this. Now, standing right beside that person is another person. Every 30% or every third person is dying with tuberculosis. Every third person from there is dying with malaria. You don't know this stuff. There are plagues on this planet that they're trying to keep off of you. Do you know that you're only 17% of the world's population that lives like you do? You know that, I bet you. You think everybody's like you are. So you're safe to keep burning up the fossil fuels and eating gluttonous meals and dumping it all down the trash compactor. And all these people are dying of hunger and disease. And all you've got to fight about is a particular type of government that's sick. You're wrong. And I'm going to tell you I experienced it firsthand, and you're going to help me change it. We're going to do this with prayer and fasting. We're going to do it by giving our kids our money, whatever it takes. We are going to pay the price to help other people with the gospel. I called my kids a while ago. You know what? They, my youngest, my 18-year-old, my youngest answered the phone at my oldest boy's house. Hey, Dad, how you doing? What are you doing, son? Why don't we just come back to church, Dad? Yeah, what happened, son? Oh, was, uh, we had a baptism. 18 people got baptized. 10 people got saved. This is an 18-year-old kid. But it's, it's a matter of what you want them to know, isn't it? Isn't that My oldest boy gets on there, Dad, man, we just started five new churches. Whoa, that's good, son. When am I going to get to see them? Don't know, Dad. <laughs> you ever come home? You can. <laughs> now, look, I'm going down this prayer line in South Africa. And I come up on this lady. She don't even know it. She changed my life. I said, what do you want from Jesus? Now, big tears are flowing down her face. She said, Brother David, broken English, I'm dying with AIDS. All right? Anything else? We don't have any food, Brother David, in my house. What else? I have tuberculosis. Really? What else? I have malaria. What? 
What else? I don't know the name of the other page, but I did. And as I'm standing there, this lady is how your book describes where your books get their definition for poverty. Where your books get the definition of disease and plague. There is nothing can be done to help her. Isn't that something? Well, what do you think I told her? I said, there's hope. Jesus sent me to you. I'm yours. What do you want? She started crying. I mean, they flushing these tears. And all of a sudden, on her body, I saw it with my own eyes. Gold started appearing in her hair. Now, whether it was real gold dust or some unknown God material or plastic chips God threw up in there, I don't know. And furthermore, I don't care. Because it wasn't there, and then it was. For it to materialize is enough for me. And I'm looking at her. Now, he, she is bleak. Do you hear me? But she's covered in this material, and I reached up my hand. I got, I wanted some of that. I'm not dying with all these diseases. I have food in my room. I brought it in my suitcase. My family is safe. There's somebody I can call if I get in trouble. You hear me? Yeah. But I don't have on her what she does. And I want it. I reached my hand up there and got wiped my finger and it was on my hand. And I was happy. <laughs> I had to get some of hers to have some. But buddy, if God's got it, I want it. I don't care about your controversial issues of where, why, when, and what. You're not that smart. And you don't have the right to question them. So I suggest you backing down a little bit. And let heaven be who he is. And that's God. <laughs> I'm not that dumb of an individual. I speak lots of languages. I know lots of customs. Been around the world a few times. And I can't get what she's done. I stuck my hand on the side of her face. And it started running up my arm. I moved my hand and it stopped moving. The Shekinah presence was on her. It wasn't on me. I taught about it. She got it. <laughs> Why did she get it? Bleak hopeless, disease-filled body 
because I'm going to tell you why. And I'm glad you're interested in asking me. Because God loves every living soul. She don't see any hope. And with God, there's always hope. There's always a gift that He can give to fix your situation and your dilemma. There's never an opportunity that the devil has that can outwit God, outpower him, outmaneuver him, ever. Ever. Oh, you lost your mind. No, I lost yours. Next time I laid my hands on her, the Holy Ghost hit her. The ushers tried to catch her. She was very frail, sick. They, as soon as they touched her, they got knocked out. 30, 40 people failed at once. She fell with her arms up. The stench of death. You should smell it. It doesn't matter that we were in hell with our abode and our stance. It mattered that heaven was in there with us. It doesn't matter where I go. It only matters that he's there. <laughs> and you better believe me. <laughs> Come on, great. Holy Ghost. Now watch this. When she fell, I'm watching her. All of these people, I'm looking at these bodyguards, and they're all just looking at me. The people she fell on, the gold starts running. It ran on everybody that was touching anybody in that pile. And when they got up, it was 100% healing. Isn't that something? My goodness. What a wonderful God. Special endowments of supernatural energy. I'll take that back. But I hope that I don't believe that. You better be looking for somebody else you think gives a flip. Because I'll move and let you go to hell if you just have to go. You're supposed to try to talk me. No, I'm not, son. You don't tell me what I'm supposed to do. I tell you what we did. Well, you're arrogant, really. Have you ever seen arrogance heal age before? I'm looking at arrogance, and you've never healed age. so knocked out in the Holy Ghost I couldn't walk anymore. <laughs> These bodyguards brought me and set me in a chair. And I'm just sitting there. Can't even raise my head. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> I can't walk. A lady walks up in front of me. I can't see who she is. 
I can just see that by her feeding the sores on her, that she's diseased. I can't move. I just laid my hands on her thigh. She fell down and I saw her. Finally. She started foaming. Then she went limp. She was in advanced stages of AIDS. And right in front of our eyes, God healed her instantly. We have that doctor verified. That's a, I saw dozens and dozens of people in every nation. It changed my life. Isn't that something? Can I read another verse to you? In 1 Corinthians 12. You all with it? Holy Ghost. Seems like on the left side of somebody's head there's some kind of pain. We'll get to you in a minute. I don't know if it's uh, migraines or if it's uh, some sort of pain on the left side of Maybe the back lobe of the head, on the left side. Also, there's inner ear here. Problems, hurt, pain. Jesus' name. Holy. Also, on the right side, back, it could be. It's in the place where maybe lung and liver. close together, so it could be either one. But we're going to be healed in a moment of time. We'll work on that in a minute. Okay? Fair enough? Yes. <laughs> it's right here. I'm going to read another, another verse or two. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> it says in my Bible, there are distinct of the varieties of operations, verse 6. Of working to accomplish things. It is the will of God to accomplish things. For you to be blessed, it is God's purpose. But it's not what He's after. He's after things. He wants you to be touched so you can take that touch to other people. So you can heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Cleanse the lepers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It says right here, verse 6, and there are distinctive right of operations of working to accomplish things. But it's the same God who inspires and energizes them all. Alright. It says, but to each one, say that with me, to each one, say that. To each one, see that? Is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Watch what it is. There's an explanation of what that is. The evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and profit. I was in Fiji a few months ago. 
Ozinandi Fiji. I like you there. I'm a diver. That's an excellent place to have yourself. I did get to go diving there. There was probably 4,000, maybe 5,000, a stack of people. And I was talking about Jesus. I'd never been there. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't, I didn't know any of the pastors, anybody. I didn't know anybody. And all these people came. And when I got through talking, this woman comes up. She was a Hindi from India. And she had some the whole paraphernalia, the whole deal. And she looks at me and she says, this is my husband. Yes, ma'am. He's been blind for 19 years. Would you please hear me? I said, you're from, you're from India? She said, I am. I said, I won't pray for him. Discrimination. What is that? Preachers don't do that. You're right. I wasn't discriminating. I was challenging something. Let me finish before you judge me. It's probably a good idea for you. <laughs> Because I don't ask you a question. When I flew into New Delhi a few months ago, I got me a taxi. And the first thing I saw, first billboard, first sign, and it, my first time to India, it said, Welcome to India, land of three million plus dogs. So I told that lady, I went to your nation. I understand you have three million plus gods. Get one of them to you. She did not get hostile to me like you. I don't know whether God will heal your husband or not, but I know this. 
He's greater than any God and all your gods combined. They are false gods. They are subservient powers to my God. And I am not, I'm not angry with you. I just want you to see the difference. Please, Brother David. Please pray for him. Lay my hands on his head. I want you to know heaven hit us both. Knocked me out. Evidently, he had enough of it. He put me down. And I come to after a while. I was sitting in a chair. They done drunk me over there and put me in a chair. I couldn't get up. I was just sitting in a chair. And I'm wondering that fellow, because he ain't up yet. I'm laughing at him. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> he woke up. And he sat up there for a few seconds, and he's looking around. And he stood up. Now, watch what he did. You can find this in Acts chapter 3 and 4. He went full walking and he started running to get born again. There was 300 and some odd bunch of people that where got born again. Isn't that awesome? That's pretty awesome. And that very night, people born deaf and dumb, blind, lame, dozens of them. It was awesome. Hear me. The gifts of God. I'm going to read it to you. Nine o'clock. started two hours ago. How y'all doing? All right. I'm going to read this to you. It says in my Bible. Verse 8. One is given in and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom. To another the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Holy Spirit. I do not understand why you've chosen the verbal gifts. I am alright with this. I really am. Because they are gifts. But there's another verse or two to three we need to read. You extensively teach on how to get words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophetic utterances, but you do not extensively teach on how to work miracles, how to have faith in the power of the Word of God. And I'm here to wonder why. I want you to get above yourself and your intellect and into the power of the Holy Ghost and who He is. That's my goal, okay? It's not to browbeat you and to condemn you. It's to convict you and to get you to think in that about the power of God. Because Jesus is worthy. Every day he's worthy. Saturday night, I was down in South Arkansas. And we had a great service. And I was trying to go home and get some sleep at the hotel. And it was also graduation night. And boy, I didn't know what to do. These kids attacked our, man, I don't know, it was 50 or bunches of them with, the, with their punk music and their language and their drugs. and. I just had to tell them, I told them, so it was midnight, and we weren't about to get no sleep. I told them, we got to go. In the middle of the night, I mean, you talk about a frustrated individual. 
<laughs> I pack up my truck with my truck and I move to another hotel and I go walking in there and I said, now listen to me, I'll get to the hotel in the middle of the night. Do you have any parties here? Because if you do, I'm going to another place. He said, no, we'll take care of you here. It's fine. It's my license. And he looked me right in the face. Now watch this. So I went through a little bit of misery. My wife did. I got to preach in the morning. I ain't got time for the devil's antics. This fellow looked at me and he said, are you the David Hogan? I said, absolutely. What do you want, son? You need to be healed. What is it? night manager at this hotel. He said, you walked right up into my hotel. He said, you can't believe how you encouraged me to walk in the Holy Ghost power. I said, son, that's great, but I need some sleep. <laughs> he said, Brother David, I said, son, what do you want to know? Do you see? I said, listen to me. Those things you've heard me say on the tape, I'm put out. The devil has banged us around tonight. We had an awesome service, but look at me. Look at the good shape I'm in of the Holy Ghost. Do you see that? That's what I'm trying to tell you, son. You walk in God. All of that. He said, thank you. No problem. Now give me a room. <laughs> and of course, I got an excellent price and the best room, of course. And I did not turn it down. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Look what it says. Verse 9. This is where I start. See, because God's talking to me about lots of different diseases in here. I named you a few of them already. They're here. So far, we've been 100% with that. And I'm pretty happy about that. And there's some more. There's some... Uh, Growing problems, there's probably, that's probably prostrate on a man that's probably embarrassed to talk about it. There's also hip joint problems. Uh, more than likely, it's on the uh, They're here, and we're going to pray for them just a minute. But now, in verse 9, that's where we start. This is where I get to do the words of knowledge and words of, word, words of wisdom and, and prophetic utterances and I promise uh, that's wonderful. I like it. But I'm not looking to be your friend. I'm looking to tell you the truth. I want the prophecy that God gave of old where prophets went and told the truth and they spoke the voice of God. And I will thank you that we can walk in it. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. It says in my Bible to another wonder-working faith what do you think that lady that was without hope and bleak and all the diseases and, and, and she wakes up and she's completely healed. She goes home with gold all over her and everybody she touched in her house got it all over them and they all got healed. What do you think they believe about Jesus? Do you think they believe he's wonder working also? Do you believe they ask 
asked her, now, Mom, did that fella have a suit on and was it current? Was his goatee trimmed and was his hair cut? Surely he didn't have on boots. You know what? They didn't even ask her. They didn't even know I was white. They don't care. Is that where you're going to have to get before you want God? Because it can be provided. To another one working faith by the same Holy Spirit. To another extraordinary powers of healing by the one Holy Spirit. To another wonder working miracles. Wow. Wow. You know, I went out, this happened a long time ago. Before I knew the things I know now. Now I know why it worked. <laughs> it still wasn't my fault then and it's not now. <laughs> I went out in this village and I smelled this god-awful smell. I thought they had killed some animal and we was going to eat it and there was some leftovers. <laughs> there wasn't going to be a lot of them, will they? <laughs> And the pastor comes out there. He says, Brother David, you listen to this. Wonder working miracle. What is that? Thanks, I'll explain it. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Yes. Why aren't you inhibited, Brother David? Because I'm a free man. Free men aren't in That's why. I used to be, but I'm not. The pastor comes out there and I ask him, what's that smell? He just pointed to this heap of rags sitting over there. And I look at them rags, and I'm a real inquisitive type, you know? I don't sit down very much. My wife, now she's the other way. She's sitting there, and she don't, she don't care. But to me, I want to know what's in them rags making everything stink. So I walk over there and I pick up those rags and I throw them back and boy, I jump back probably three or four feet. There was a form similar to a human. It didn't have a nose. It was a gaping hole. No ears. No fingers. No toes. Pus. It's called leprosy. I've never seen it before. And I turned to my pastor and said, what, what is that? He said, it is lepra, hermano. It's never seen it before. I said, really? And I covered him up. I said, what's it doing here? He said, give me some water and some soap. I'm going to tell you something. If you fear the demon, he put something on you so it can't wash off. You hear me? Thanks. Maybe the problem. He needed my touch. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Oh man, I feel good. Oh, the holy power of God. What are you saying? Knife sticking in your left knee too, in the back probably. Yeah, yeah. Think that's right. 
And so anyway. <laughs> oh, I hate people that think they know what's going on, don't you? Overconfident people, they just irritate me. So let's get some more from them. Be there tomorrow. There's more. Holy Ghost. He told me he'd come here to get healed, Brother David. I walked back over there, throw that rag back. I said, what do you want? I mean, this fellow was hurt. You know what he said to me? Listen to what he said to me. He didn't say this to you. He said it to me. It affected me, too. Help me, David. They told me you could. I said, they told me right, son. <laughs> you know something? <coughs> that is really something. And so, I laid my hands on him right in the pus. He got born again with leprosy. What's the matter with this child? He's got some Ah. I'm a very blessed fellow. I get to see this healed all over the world. It's nice. Hear me? Do you hear me? Yes, sir. I believe. Me too. Jesus, lover of my soul. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. See, I'm not supposed to do that in public. I'm not supposed to expose him to your eyes. See, that's how y'all believe. No, I need to expose him to Jesus. You hear me? <laughs> to care. To compassion. <laughs> That's how they get healed. Remind me to tell you about Brazil in just a minute. Let me finish my story. I don't know why you interrupted. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. So I preached. The odor stayed. The man stayed. I left. The odor washes off. No. But the effect you can have on people can't wash off. It's gone. You hear me? It's gone. And there's no amount of your drugs of your intellect can do what I saw God. You don't have enough money to appropriate this. <laughs> I went back there a few weeks later and there wasn't any other. I don't even remember it. I, I never knew what <laughs> Just go around being enough. <laughs> it's okay with God for me to be enough too. So I hate myself. <laughs> Holy God. You know what I got to see? There was a young man sitting right on the front row. I saw this with my own eyes. I walked over to him. How you doing? You knew? Yes, sir, brother David, I knew. I said, how you know me? He said, you prayed for me. You got me born again a couple weeks ago. I said, I don't know. No, no. You got me confused, sir. He said, brother David, how can confuse you? You're the only white guy out here. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> There's no point, don't you? And I wonder why. I wonder why I'm the only one. Church. How is it that all over the world, I know where there are hundreds, thousands of square miles with no gospel? Why? Why is that? Why are you ready? 
It's irritating. I'm telling you. It keeps me in a job. It's irritating. They need to know about Jesus. And it's my responsibility to tell them. He said, Brother David, I was the guy with the rags. I said, excuse me. I said, you don't mind explaining to me how you got a nose? Listen to me. 48 hours, between 48 hours and 72 hours, between two and three days after we prayed, his pain went away. He grew new ears. He grew a new nose. New fingers. New toes. I felt the very one of them. Myself, I verified those toes. His skin was beautiful. I touched it. I touched his nose, his ears. Man, I just was astounded. Wonder working miracle. That right there. It's an amazing life. Holy Ghost. Brazil. Tell me about Brazil. Bother me. Say it. Tell me about Brazil. Yes, sir. I want to know about Brazil. Tell me. Jesus' name. I like those people that are aggressive, don't you? You want to stay away, don't you? You know, I have to tell you about Africa, too. You do. Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy Ghost. See this other look? Uh, I like this though. You don't know. <laughs> well, you see, I'm a grandpa. And grandpa's like this stuff. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy a daddy doing that to me? Ah, oh, it's easy. Yes. What if I'm right? What if I'm just a little more? Huh? What if? Well, why aren't you afraid it won't happen because I don't fear like you do? Jesus. I don't have that worry. Because I was in Brazil. There wasn't, there was so many thousands of people. We had this huge hall, it was four or five times this. There was so many people. There wasn't any place to put the sick. So they put all the incurables in wheelchairs on the platform. Huge platform with me. Boy, it was dozens of them. And one of them was cerebral palsy, 32 years. And I walked over there to her. And I knelt down in front of her, held her hands on my face. Put her down because there's so many to pray for. I can't, I can't stay very long. Holy Ghost. Yes. See that man right there? Love me for taking time with boy.
the crowd gasps. Everybody. And I like to hear that, actually. But I have to find what they're gasping at. I turn around on that stage, and there's this woman getting up by this wheelchair seat. 32 years she's been in prison in that wheelchair. Till you spent your time in there, you don't criticize them, you don't thank, you don't, you don't offer your opinion. If you can't get them out of jail, don't bother. <laughs> Holy Ghost. That lady was standing up and I went walking to her. She was trying to get to me, see? And I let her. Her bones were popping and snapping. She was talking to me in Portuguese. And my Portuguese is okay, but it's not that fluent, actually. But I can't understand her. And I got over to her. And I held her. Well, what an awesome. Awesome. Wonder. come to the understanding that the reason that you don't have the power of God is because you just don't care. And I have to say, I, when I started, I cared more about me seeing it. I really did. I, I wanted to see God. 